While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have come here this morning and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, today we still find ourselves in the season of Easter. In the weeks following the events of that Easter morning, and we are still following those events through the Gospel of Luke. If you remember, Easter morning started with the women at the tomb in the Gospel of Luke, and they ran and told the disciples. But the disciples still did not encounter the risen Christ. And then two disciples, not of the twelve, but two other followers of Christ, left Jerusalem to travel to their home in Emmaus. And along the way, a stranger started to walk with them. And when night came, they invited the stranger to to stay with them, to break bread with them. And when the stranger blessed the bread and broke it, they saw that it was Christ who had been with them the whole time. And then he disappeared. And they ran and told the twelve disciples back in Jerusalem. And that's where our scripture today picks up. The disciples are discussing all these things that have happened about what the women have told them, about what the two disciples on the road to Emmaus experienced. And then out of nowhere, Jesus appears among them. And he says, peace be with you. But they are frightened and they are shocked. And honestly, this shouldn't be surprised. 
If we're honest with ourselves, or at least if I'm being honest, if Jesus suddenly appeared right here, right now, I would be terrified. I wouldn't know what to think. Just boom, there's Jesus. We didn't see him come in the doors. He's just there. And his fear would be doubled if he'd just been crucified three days before. So he says, don't be afraid. It is I. It's Jesus. Here, look at my hands. Look at my feet. See the wounds where I was crucified. Now this is reminiscent of the story of Doubting Thomas. In fact, this is exactly what Jesus said to assure Thomas that it was he. That's why I often think Thomas gets a bad rap because Jesus had to prove himself to all the disciples. But doubting Thomas rolls off the tongue so much better than doubting Thaddeus or doubting Bartholomew. And then Jesus, as they are still standing there in their joy and their amazement, says, have you anything here to eat? What an odd question. Have you anything here to eat? In both Luke's stories of the resurrected Christ, food is involved. First, Jesus and the disciples breaking bread on the road to Emmaus. Then Jesus asking for a piece of fish among the eleven disciples. I think this might be the start of the great Protestant uh, uh, inclination towards potlucks. There's the old joke, which I'm sure I've told you before. If not, I'm sure you've heard about the teachers that for show and tell, bring in something that represents your faith. And a first little girl came and said, well, I'm Muslim. This is the Quran. This is our holy book. And then a little Jewish boy says, this is the star of David and I am Jewish. And the little Protestant girl came and said, this is a casserole. As Protestants, we love to eat. And I think it comes back. To this, that Jesus showed up and there was food. But it's an odd question. Have you anything here to eat? It seems so common, so ordinary, so unexpected. For the disciples, things have been happening faster and faster for the past few weeks. They're traveling through Judea. They come to Jerusalem. Jesus heals Lazarus. It's Palm Sunday and crowds are cheering Hosanna to the king. Jesus enters and flips over the tables in the temple. People cheer. The the Pharisees and the Sadducees get upset. There's the Last Supper, the betrayal, the arrest, the trial, the crucifixion, and then the stories of resurrection. Faster and faster things have been happening. Building and building. And then, have you anything here to eat? Surely the disciples expected more. Surely we expect more. After all, this is Jesus Christ, 
This is the only begotten Son of God. This is the man who walked on water, turned water into wine, raised Lazarus from the dead, fed 5,000 people with only a few loaves of bread and a few fishes. And now he's been raised from the dead. Surely we expect something bigger, something grander, some other sign of God's almighty power. But instead, have you got anything here to eat? So why not one more sign? Why not just one more miracle? One more piece of evidence that Christ is who He says He is. One more sign of God's incredible power. Instead, Jesus is hungry. He's among friends. He's in their homes. So he asks for a bite to eat. It's a reminder that, yes, Christ is present in the big moments in our lives. Christ is there when we see works of God being done. But Christ is also there during the everyday small moments. During the boring, the tedious, the mundane, such as having a bite to eat. We like to think of Christ being there on Easter, during baptism, during confirmation. But he's there when we clean up afterwards, too. He's there when we break bread together. He's there when we argue over who gets the last deviled egg. He's there in the everyday mundane. Our faith should not be dependent on seeing more and more miracles. Instead, it should be dependent on Christ being present in our lives, in the heights and the depths and everywhere in between. We aren't called to live lives of spectacle, but we're called to live lives of faith. Even in something as mundane as eating a piece of fish. What could be more mundane than nouns and verbs? I'm not going to give you a grammar lesson in English and Greek and any other language. I'd probably embarrass myself. But there's a story I heard once, and it's always stuck with me, about a school teacher who traveled and often helped out tutoring at children's hospital. And one day she got her assignment And she was to go teach grammar to a young boy. And as she walked into his room on the burn center, she felt that she couldn't do it. This boy was in terrible agony and terrible pain. This was the last thing he needed was to be bored out of his mind. But she had her assignment, so she pushed on. 
and she sat with him and she went over nouns and verbs with him. And she sat with him for most of the day, teaching him, tutoring him. And she got up and left. The next day she came back and as she's about to go into his room, one of the nurses grabbed her and said, what did you do to that boy? The teacher said, I I don't know what you're talking about. She said, we have never seen him show such spirit as he did last night. Such hope. We were starting to give up on him. We were starting to see him as a lost cause. But now there's a new spark in him. There's a new excitement. There's hope. The boy later admitted that he was so taken back by the teacher's lesson. He thought to himself, they would never bother teaching something as tedious as nouns and verbs to someone who was going to die. And he found hope in that. We can find our hope and our faith in the small things. In the tedious things. There's a story about Mother Teresa, about her living in a small cottage and a young nun coming to her. And the young nun said, Mother, show me some way to show my dedication to Jesus Christ. And Mother Teresa said, okay, grab that broom and sweep the floor. Mother Teresa understood that we serve God in the great and the small. In the exciting and the boring. That living a life of faith starts with the small things. And it grows from there. Maybe the fact that Christ ate with his disciples on this occasion was no accident. Maybe, just maybe, it gave us a sign That when we are weary, when we are tired, when we are sick of the mundane, when we're bogged down with the work, with chores, with the tedium that eats away the minutes and hours of our lives. When the heights of Easter or baptism or confirmation has worn off. Maybe that's when Christ invites us to sit with Him. Maybe that's when Christ invites us to eat with Him. Maybe that's when Christ invites us in and nourishes us as only Christ can tell. Reminding us of the story of Easter and all its miracles and wonders and excitements. And then... When we've been nourished, when we've been refreshed, Christ sends us quietly back out into the broken world we live in to live our lives of faith. Amen.